What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have the honor to introduce to you an, an author, the 2019 Web Guru Award winner. She has a master's in arts and computer science, and she is the owner of four different successful businesses. It gives me such honor to introduce to you Yasha Sterling. So let's start at the beginning. You are 25 years old and you decide that you want to leave Mississippi and move to Chicago. And you went through a lot of life issues, uh, lost some jobs, you had your heart broken, uh, money issues, medical issues, and you almost lost your home. And look at you now. Now you have four businesses. Not that one was enough. You needed four. You got four businesses. Yeah. <laughs> You're an author. And then you, you couldn't just get a degree. You had to get a master's degree in computer science. You finished college with a 3.6 GPA. And then you rank in the upper 5% of the African-American women, not just in a region, but in the United States. I mean, come on now, sis. And then, <laughs> and then you're the second African-American woman to complete a program at St. Xavier University. Yes, they have a program there. It's where you combine business and computer science. So I have a dual degree in both business and computer science. You know, just kind of, you want to know techn- technology, but technology is worthless if you don't know the business side. So I've just been blessed to know both, and I got a degree in both. And then you won countless awards, including in 2019, you won the Web Guru Award. Yeah. See, this is moments where I wish I had a button that had the applause on it. <laughs> I'm going to have to invest in that. I'm going to have to find that. I'm gonna have to yeah, find an applause button. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go on Amazon. I know they got it. I know they got, <laughs> I got everything. I need that button for you. So <laughs> my first question is, oh, so how did this girl from Mississippi turn into this phenom because i'm i'm one of those growing up in mississippi is a challenge all in its own and even now to this day you know work i mean living in mississippi you don't really see a lot of progressiveness for lack of better term you don't really see a lot of growth so for somebody who who's who has dreams somebody who's ambitious somebody who wants better in life that was me so I, in Mississippi, I would just sit around and, you know, we, we would, I even, where I'm from, even to this day, you can still see cotton. So, I mean, so those type of things give you motivation to like, now. I left home when I was 18. As soon as I graduated high school, I went to college and I never really looked back. I would come like, you know, on the weekends for, for like a football game or holidays. But as far as like living, no. Because I had so many dreams of being better. So it started out with, like, I always say I'm the country girl. With I had city dreams. Even I grew up with my maternal, my paternal grandparents, sorry. I grew up with them. And I would come here in the summer. I would come to Chicago in the summers. And my parents would always take me, like, to the beach or, like, some random part of Chicago. 
And I would always just like, I can't wait till I'm an adult. I'm just going to, I'm going to go to the beach every day and I'm going to hang out. You know, I just had those big city dreams of being a city girl. I didn't want to be a country girl. Some mm. people are, are perfectly content being a country person and, you know, all of their life. I just wasn't that person. And I'm right along with you. <laughs> not for me. And it's funny because my mom's was from Tennessee and oh, wow. she and she moved up north too. Because of the same thing. She wanted a degree. She wanted to do some things with her life. Yeah. You know, she just didn't want to be, you know, that country bumpkin, you know, because that's what it was back then, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was not her. That was not her. She didn't see it. So <laughs> that must have got my DNA because. <laughs> and you just and even now, when I go back now, it's just like. The biggest thing in my hometown is going to Walmart. And I'm like, how many times can, in a day can you go to Walmart? So it's just like, I cannot. I cannot. That's one of my words. I always say, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so was the transition easy for you when you moved from Mississippi to, to good old Chi-Town? Honey, no. Um, you know, because I'm this country girl. And so... You know, my mom, she gave me so much advice. I, I, I always tell this story about the first time it got cold, the first time it snowed. And oh. in Mississippi, when it snows, you know, the whole city, like, shuts down. Cause even, like, a little bit of, like, sleep, you know, the whole city shuts down. Everybody goes out like it's the end of the world. They get potted meat and sardines and stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, and I remember the first time it snowed here in Chicago, and I'm like, you know, dragging around, thinking it's going to be like a snow day type thing. And my mom looks at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's a snow day. She's like, you got to put that coat on and get out of here and go to work. I mean, even looking back in hindsight, even the, the coats I wore, I remember the first coat I bought here was like this big burly, like polar bear type coat. <laughs> and, I, and looking back in hindsight, I would never wear a coat like that now. So, you know, so just adjusting to life in a whole different environment was a challenge for me. And over the years, it's been, it'll be 20 years in, well, August, it'll be 20 years in August. And I still, it's still certain things that people pick up the Mississippi in me. So it, it's still a challenge. Even 20 years later, it's still a challenge. <laughs> like what, what, what's one thing that people say, Oh, you gotta be from the country. What's it depends. The, okay. I, I'll give you an example. Like I still say, okay. Like in Mississippi, you never say get out of the get out of the street, and mm-hmm. I still say road. That's a that's when people pick up that I'm from Mississippi. I'm like, girl, he was in that road, and I was just, you know, and so oh. people automatically pick up that. Yeah, you still got some of that country in you. <laughs> so oh. even like even like my even like when I walk outside, I still don't, you know. Typical city people don't walk outside at all without shoes on. I still will run outside really quick without shoes on. And my brother will say, quick, yeah, you still got some, you still got those country tendencies in you. Now, <laughs> get that country out of you for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things that some things I just will not outgrow, I guess. Maybe when I'm really old, then I'll be like, yeah. oh it's gonna come out even more because you're really not gonna care i know right (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna be in the road with no socks and shoes yeah right and like what's the problem what are you talking about (laughs) i see nothing wrong with this right (laughs) so i want to talk about your book what's the title of it 
the name of my book is The Complete Web Business Blueprint. And so what my book is, it's for that person who is looking to get online. Say like you have a budding business and you're trying to get your business online so people can see you, you know, go to your website. So what I basically do is take you through a scenario. I take you through a fictional company that's looking to who starts a business. They actually go through the business plan. They go through setting up their marketing. They go through setting up their advertising. They go through setting up their marketing plan in the business. And then they go on to set up a website. So we walk them through this whole scenario with this fictional company about how to build it. And then what happens afterwards, once they've got the company established and once they, you know, go ahead and, you know, move forward into the marketplace. So it just takes you, it takes you into the, and rather than it being like a book of, I didn't want it to be a technology book that says, okay, this technology, this technology, because I knew, I wanted it to be a layman's terms book. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what it is. It's, it's a book that helps you get online without, without all the technical jargon in there. And I watched your YouTube channel and, <laughs> okay. and the one you had about, uh, I can't remember the exact title, but it was basically just like the breakdown of what you need, things you have to have on your website. Yeah. Yeah. There are some things that, People tend to forget, people tend to get engulfed in just having a website, you know, something, just put it up there. You know, they just want some, and there are so many things that you need in order to reach the level that you, you should, you should want to have in your business. So I talk about those 10 things. Yeah, I did to talk about those 10 things that you need on your website. And when I tell you, it was three of those things I did not have on mine. (laughs) And I felt so bad. I was, I immediately stopped, like paused it. I was like, okay, let me get on my website. I think I stayed up for like five hours. Like, oh my God, really? Yes. I had to revamp my website after I heard that. I said, oh, that is so messed up. And see, those are the things, you know, I try to, you know, kind of impart those, those, you know, those bits of wisdom with people, you know, certain things, people come to your website looking for they need to see them and even you know some things you know legally looking at legal things that you need to have on there that you do not you know and so you know I just I just try to impart that wisdom every now and again now what's harder creating someone else's website or your own website well mine (laughs) see I tinker with mine on a daily Uh, it's always something it's kind of like you know like if you're the designer of a dress you know, the per- you're going to be more picked. The person might be like, oh, this is fine. This is great. You're like, no, there's a little, you know, stitch right there that I didn't get. Or no, there's a little, you know, there's a little dot that I see right there. I need to move. There's always going to be that person. I'm that person that I'm always tinkering with mine. I feel like something's missing or I feel like I could do something better. So I, it's definitely hard when you're working on your own rather than someone else's because the things that you know, you know, that person may be like, okay with, but you're like, no, I think you need this or no, I think you need that. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, I have to, yeah, I have to scale back. I have to, you know, just walk away Mm -hmm. because you can't, you can't do everything at once and you really can't. And it's always going to be one thing about a website. It's an ongoing process. So it's never really fully done. It's always something that you can improve on. So that's why (laughs) I feel like, you know, so I took a long way around to answer your question today. No, you're I tend, no, I, I, I tend to I tend to work on mine more because I know those ins and outs rather than a client does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now 
on a so you said every day you work on it. So how much time would you say on a typical day you look at your website and and figure you know fiddle with it? It's always something really random. Maybe like a form, or maybe it's something like a color that I I mean I was off with, or maybe it's something like. I, I don't know, like, let's see, like last night I was working on an idea. See, I'll have, see, I'm the, <laughs> I'm an idea generator where, you know, if something comes to me, even in the middle of the night, I'll jump up and go and like write it down so I can work on it. Mm-hmm. So if I had, like, I had an idea for like, oh, what if I put this on my site and people come to it and they start checking it out and they like it. So I'll go work on that for like, on a good, on a good day. If I don't have an idea, I'd say an hour. But if I have an idea and I want to bring in that to fruition, we're talking a couple of hours here. We're talking three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Telling just you five, just, five yeah, hours. Yeah, just because, <laughs> just because I'm kind of obsessed with it. Though. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and it's your, I mean, it's your brand too. So yeah, absolutely. So how yeah, can absolutely. you say I'm gonna work on your website and somebody go to yours and they're like, man, this looks janky? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I would hate, and that's the thing I hate. You know, when I first started out, you know, I was building these websites like on the side. And then it was always like, you know, I would feel like, you know, you would kind of, you know, clinch up when someone asks you, where's your website? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have one. <laughs> and that was I'm years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like years ago. And so I like, I remember throwing something up in the beginning just to mm-hmm. say I had one, but. You know, you got to have some type of presence out there if you're going to be building them. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, you also have a uh, coaching program mm-hmm. that is broken down into four different categories, which is business, technology, empowerment, and education. Yeah. So, which, tell us about that. I, I'll ask my question after you tell us about that. Okay. Um, basically, what I do is I help entrepreneurs like I did when I started my business out. There are some entrepreneurs out there that really need those four steps in order to, you know, thrive and do well. And, and, and there are certain things that people don't know about starting a business. Well, let me let me rephrase about starting a legitimate business, because, you know, sometimes some people want to come with the gusto. They really want to come out of the bat out of the park swinging so mm-hmm. they want to get their you know their incorporation you know their sole proprietorship or their llc or their whatever else they're doing and then they want to do you know they want to come out of the park so what i am so what i do i have a coaching program where i put in four separate areas that you'll need to thrive in your business so the business part is the first part that's getting everything straightened out so your business and you know getting your your all your legitimacy in in a Getting all your ducks in a row, put it like mm-hmm. that. You know, getting all your um, legal things set up, and then you know, technology. Of course, there's going to be technology. So, you know, developing how how are you building your business? Are you using technology as a backbone, or is it just something like the website where it's just you need a digital presence? Technology should be really driving that business. Any business, especially now in this day and age with COVID, you know, you should be using technology as the driver of your business. Mm-hmm. And so after that, and then what you knew, and then the other step is the empowerment. So along the lines, Lord, <laughs> along the lines, you are going to get, you know, dragged down. You're going to feel like you can't do it. You're going to feel like, you know what, 
the imposter syndrome kicks in. Everything mm-hmm. kicks in. So there's an empowerment part that I kind of, you know, kind of impart in my program. And then the education is the ongoing process of, you know, kind of teaching you the things, you know, that you'll need to, you know, to continue to move forward, the maintenance part of your business, you know, checking in, seeing how, you know, what's working. Is your marketing working? Do you need to look at your business goals and tweak those? You know, just kind of really getting a whole 360 vibe from, you know, starting from someone that wants to start a business. Now, what order would you suggest a person take the programs? I would definitely start with, you know, the idea part. So just starting with the business part, really getting, if you're trying to get your ducks in a row, if you're trying to get it all the legal stuff, get that stuff out of the way first. That way you don't have to worry about it as you're building your business. You don't have to go step backwards and try to, you know, fill out for your LLC or go back and try to get your DUNS number, those type of things. So I would suggest always starting with the business first. Now, talking to you, to me, you seem like you're more of a people person. And (laughs) (laughs) you really do. I mean, you don't seem like you're that person that's hard to approach. You know, that you're very approachable. So, but that, with me saying that is good to my question. Do you enjoy teaching or speaking? I would say more of the speaking, mainly because I get to control what I'm going to say. Teaching is more of a guidelines type environment, you know, where you have like certain things you need to teach. You have an objective there. You have a goal. With speaking, you can kind of come and dwell on your experiences. For instance, like me telling you about my growing up in Mississippi. Those are things I can talk about because I'm knowledgeable of them. With teaching, it's a little bit more structured. But with speaking, I tend to gravitate more towards speaking because I can be a little bit more, not saying loose, but I can be a little bit more flexible with what I'm trying to say. So out of all the things that you've done, and you've done a lot, (laughs) what one thing have you done has amazed you the most? I think going and getting that second, I always say it's that second degree going back. And, you know, I got the first degree, the business degree. And what I feel like, and the thing is I went out into the world and I saw that there weren't that many opportunities for black women in technology. And there still aren't, there still aren't Mm -hmm. those opportunities. There's still, you know, I'm in these groups on Facebook and they, and you should hear the conversations on a daily basis about how hard it is for black women to get into these technologies. So I went back and got that second degree. So I think that had to be computer science wasn't my background. I got a degree in English. So (laughs) yes, I do. I have a degree in English. So people thought I was going to be a teacher when I actually went to school to be a lawyer. And Mm -hmm. so when that didn't work out, I started, going on to technology path and that's how I became a programmer so you know people when I tell people I have that injury just like you just said really <laughs> you know it, it, shocks, it shocks people that I'm I'm this full-fledged techie but I came from my English background <laughs> I mean yes and no I mean because like I said I mean in, in order for you to be uh, to articulate what you're saying I mean that makes sense yeah yeah and that's why I said I feel like you know, even 20 years later, I feel like I've done the met the, a good marriage of the three, you know, mm-hmm. with English, using English as a, you know, to say what I need to say well, you know, with the book, you know, and then using technology and then using the business aspect. So I think I've, I've leveraged all three of my degrees 
in a perfect like marriage between all three rather than people saying no that English doesn't go with business yes it does because I wrote a book so it's all those things you can kind of combine and really see how you can combine those three so that's kind of how I kind of look at it so what would you say to that young little girl who wants to be in your shoes and walk the <laughs> walk the path that you walk and you know wants to you know pursue that 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 dream that you have what what would you say to that little girl that I little actually, brown, that little brown girl and i actually this is actually funny because i have a picture of me as a as a when i was about i used to love to I'm an actress. I'm an undercover actress. So I okay. used to love to do like all the little scenes and stuff. And I have a picture of me, one of my favorite pictures, and I have it here. And I always talk to her. And I'm always, you remember those dreams you had when you were a little girl. And, you know, and I always remind her. So what I would tell, and, you know, even on a daily basis now with my little cousins and things, you know, what I tell them, you know, you can't be afraid to step out of the comfort zone. When I left Mississippi, I left Mississippi in a blur. I didn't know what I was about to do. I didn't I knew what I wanted to do, but I mm-hmm. didn't know what was in store for me. But you've got to be able to take that step. And I did face a lot of opposition from my family. You know, a lot of family was saying that I shouldn't go to Chicago I shouldn't move to Chicago because, you know, just of what Chicago is. But you gotta you gotta determine your own path. Mm-hmm. And I always use myself an example. I show them, I tell them how, see, see what I have, you know, and I show them, you know, like my house and I show them like my car and things like that. These are things, if you were still in Mississippi or if you stay in a stagnant mindset, you'll never get there. So these are things, you know, I, I kind of bank them. I use my own experiences as examples for little girls all the time. And I show them what they can accomplish based on if they can step out. And that's the biggest thing to step out. Exactly. I mean, taking the first step. Yeah. What would you say is your own personal mission statement? I think my own personal mission statement is never be afraid to start again. I've had to start over countless times and I failed so many times. And what I've learned is you got to pick yourself up, dust your collar and try it again. If that doesn't work, try something else. That doesn't work, try something else. So I'm always I hate to say that, but I'm always, you know, and, and, and I've learned, come to learn to embrace that when I have to do something new or something that's different from what I've been accustomed to. So it's, it's, you can always start again, no matter how old you are. I'm 43. And even now there are things I've had to do all over again. (laughs) So how can people contact you? Anybody wants to contact me, I run my own website. It's Yasha Sterling Marketing Agency. So it's management agency. I changed it to management agency. So YSMAgency.com. I'm also reached on my own website, YashaSterling.com. And I'm all over social social media. So Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> anyone you want, Instagram, I'm on all of them. Any way you can reach me, if you need to ask a question, feel free. I'm always available. And YouTube. Exactly, YouTube too. <laughs> I'm just saying because you just don't know. I was just so I was so upset with myself. I was like, "Are you serious? How can I not have that on there?" Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> okay, I got one more question for you. Ready? Sure. All right, here we go. 
So if you could have any theme song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? It is, and I will tell you why. It's Beyonce's Freedom. Because I always say, you know, I'm going to keep running because the winner doesn't quit on themselves. So if that was my theme, if that could be my theme song every day, any day, and you should see where, you should see when it comes on how I just act on for being on my show I truly enjoyed you you were such a pleasure you have proven that you can be anything you want to be as long as you put your heart and mind to it and if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl click the link below shoot me an email and let's see what we can do with that thing and have you subscribed please tell me you subscribed if not hit that subscription button You don't want to miss another episode. I guarantee it. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.